T-Hat Show. I'm T-Hat. And I'm Billy. And we're going to talk about whatever we want to talk about because it's our show and not yours. Yeah, be jealous. <laughs> so, what, what's, what's been up with you? Uh, well, I'm getting ready for vacation and I'm trying to work on self-confidence. So that's always interesting to try to unpack. That's always a journey. Yeah. Um, I I know I have some self confidence issues, so that I'm trying to work on. So I I get I get what you're trying to do, and I mean it's commendable because there are some people who are just comfortable with not, you know, not feeling good about themselves and. I'm not one of those people, and I know you're not one of those people. No, I think sometimes, you know, anybody can believe in you, but you have to do it for yourself. So sometimes you just got to kind of kick yourself in the butt and figure out, like, why. I mean, you know, you can sit around and think about it, but, you know, you have to work on it. For me, it's more of, I'm outgoing, but I still sometimes... Part of it, I think, is people-pleasing, and, like, sometimes you just want to make everybody else happy, and then that just doesn't work. So I think that might be part of it, but I just, like, second-guess myself at times. Like, we all do, you know. I'm sure you have times, and other people have times. Yeah. Um, and that, that really comes back to haunt me a lot of times, is when I second-guess myself. Because that is a demon that you have to conquer in order to start feeling good about yourself. Right. I mean, there are things that I feel, I guess, knowledgeable about or confident about, but there's other things that I feel like I could improve on. So it's more of just like a, okay... Because you can't just carry over. That's the thing. That's like a common uh, misconception is that you can't carry over say confidence about one thing and carry that over to something else you have to just kind of actively uh work on it because people say oh what are you confident about it's like oh baseball wrestling stuff like that like knowing a lot about it but then there's other things where i feel like i should be more confident about it and part of it is i don't want to come off as arrogant so sometimes i will downplay myself just in the fear of like coming off as arrogant rather than confident and so i know it's a fine line to walk but somebody told me the other day, they sent me a thing that said, you never look good whenever you are tr- making somebody else feel bad about themselves. So part of it I've been reading is no- feeling that you're equal with everyone, that you're not better than anybody, you're not worse than anybody, but you're on the level playing field. And that's part of it is to quit you know, comparing yourself to other people and sort of look at yourself as an equal. Yeah. Um, there's... It's kind of an old, tired saying, but um, it goes, uh, 
putting out someone else's candle doesn't make your shine any brighter. Exactly. So sometimes I will, you know, if someone says something to, like, try to um, attack me, like, I don't ever, like, I know people, some people that have weaknesses, I don't actually, like, especially in front of other people, I won't sit there and stoop to that level. Like, I will just kind of laugh it off or try to just go on because I'm not one to want to um, go after someone's weak points and kind of like in sort of to make myself feel better because it makes myself feel worse. So, you know, there was a movie I was watching yesterday and they, one of the lines is make sure that whatever you decide to do that it makes you feel good about who you are. So you have to stay true to yourself. You can't just like, change everything or put down other people to try to make yourself feel better. Cause at the end of the day, what I'm about is like trying to reassure other people and try to lift them up. There's just sometimes you have to pull yourself up. Right. Right. Cause there's only, so what, there's only so much you can do for other people before you have to start focusing on yourself. Right. And I think that's where it is, is I've been focusing on other people and I haven't been like focusing on myself. And so with this vacation coming up, I mean, I'm working on things now, but I think I'll just have more time to sort of like work on things actively. I'm going to be going to, and here's the weird thing. If it's brand new people that I've never talked to before, like I'm going to be traveling. I actually don't have as many issues with going up to random people and just talking to them. Sometimes it's people that I know and I just feel like that either we don't mesh well or, you know, like, I don't know. It's just certain people that I would say that I feel like I'm not on their level. But with approaching new people, I don't have as many issues. So I don't know why that is. There are certain people that I struggle with. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So what have you been up to and what have you been working on? Um, well, I just got my computer back, so I've been trying to catch up on work and, um, this podcast and other things, um, so that's kept me busy, um, it's weird, and I want to say this because, I mean, other than you, none of my friends listen to this podcast. So, we're getting listeners from somewhere, and we thank you guys for listening. But, they're, they're none of my friends. So, anyway, um, I have a problem with my right hand. The right half of my right hand is completely numb. and has been for the past month. I thought it was a blood circulation problem, but turns out it's a lot more serious than that. Um, at first, I was told it was my ulnar nerve being pinched, so okay. they sent me to ortho, uh, an ortho specialist, and he said, no, I have what's called a cubital tunnel. It's the opposite of carpal tunnel where instead of the nerve in the wrist being compressed, it's a nerve in the elbow being compressed. And so he sent me to uh, a neurologist to go, with, go for an EMG. Now let me tell you, them EMGs are fun. And 
<laughs> if, you, if you didn't catch my sarcasm there, that was... That was torture, <laughs> to be honest. Um, they basically electrocute you. Um, and... Uh, they do it in several spots, and it causes your hands and your arms to flop around like a fish. And um, then the doctor takes a needle, and he inserts the needle um, in five different areas in your arm. And he did it to both arms. And oh. um, he said, no... I don't have cubital tunnel. I have a uh, severe case of um oh what was it neuropathy. Okay. Um, I have a severe case of neuropathy, and he recommended that um my ortho go in and unpinch uh a nerve in my elbow to give me some sort of relief. But he said it's not going to be 100%. So, that's real encouraging. Well, yeah, it sounds like you're kind of going through it a little bit here. And um, was that like the number one option that was recommended to you? Or were there any other options to discuss? Um, yeah, just living with it. Yeah, I, I, I. What do you? What do you? What are you leaning towards? I mean, if the surgery will help me get some sort of feeling in my hand, then I'm all for it. Let's go ahead and do it now. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I mean, I, I just I wanted to kind of see what your opinion was. I myself would probably choose to have the procedure done as well. Um, so hopefully they get that solved and you'll be able to get that at least some function and some feeling back in that hand because I'm sure that's got to be unpleasant, especially if you're like trying to do like fine motor movements or something and you're like working on something and or typing. Is it? If, I mean, I'm sure it's got to be affecting that too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Typing, I have to. I'm, I usually, I'm usually a good typer, you know, um, with my hands on the home row and typing that way, but I can't do that with the situation I have now, so I have to just, you know, you know how, like, beginner typers are, they, they oh, just they pick at the letters. Yeah, actually, here's a random fact for you. R.L. Stein has written every book he's ever wrote with one finger. Oh, wow. He writes a, for a while, he was writing a book a month for Goosebumps and a book a month for Fear Street. So he's writing two books a month with literally one finger. Wow. I and couldn't he still do types that. that way. I couldn't yeah, do that. Yeah, that that, that that would drive me insane. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I've seen some people who aren't familiar with computers sit there and they're going, okay, R, and they're the R, where's R? Okay, they find that, and, they, you know, they sit there one letter at a time, and, you know, if you haven't taken classes or learned, I understand, but it's annoying with you because you actually know how to type, but then you can't physically uh, do it. Yeah.
it's it's frustrating because I I even catch myself, you know, pressing the chip down with my pinky and then I realize there's no pressure there because I can't feel my pinky. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping they get this resolved for you. Me too, because I'm struggling. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like trying to, could you imagine like a circus clown trying to juggle with, without being able to use like part of their hand? Oh man, that would suck. Oh, jeez. That, that circus clown wouldn't have a job for very much longer. Or a surgeon. That was trying to operate surgery? Oh, God, that would also be bad. I'm just trying. There's a lot of things that could go bad with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You need you need both hands to function. And that's not being disrespectful to people who are, you know, have an arm amputated or were born with only oh, one yeah, hand. Yeah, that's a different situation entirely, and I feel for those people because we – you don't – you take for granted all the stuff you can do until something happens that you can no longer do that thing, right? So, like, you know, let's say you're a baseball player and you all of a sudden have a shoulder issue. Before, you would have swung the bat not worried. Now, if you're trying to play through it, you're trying to not make it obvious, so you have to adjust your swing. And, you know, like, I mean, in a, your everyday life, it's affected by whenever it's changed, that's when you notice it. And then when it comes back and gets fixed, you're like, oh, my gosh, thank God. So I do feel like it's easy to, you know, take it for granted. Oh, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Just basic stuff that most people can do. But then when something happens, it sort of changes, you know, the way you do things. And it's annoying, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's more than annoying. It it, I can't describe how weird it feels to not be able to use my pinky. It, it's like, it's like messing up your leg, and then when you're trying to move, you're dragging your leg uh, along. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that, only I'm dragging my pinky along. Gotcha. It's kind of weird to explain. Um... A lot of people wouldn't um, understand, but you know they would if they went if they were in my situation. Exactly. Well, like I said, I'm I hope at least it sounds like you, you've had some options presented to you, and you are going to be doing something about it. So that's good. Yeah. Speaking of baseball, the Cardinal game is on, and um, Cardinals are now winning seven nothing against the Orioles. Oh wow! What inning? Uh, fourth. Very cool. You know they they have a like I would say a pretty good team. I just wonder once again, you know what's going to happen. I'm actually going towards the end of the month to a game. I haven't been. I didn't go last year, but uh, I wonder though, will our bullpen? You know, last year we had problems with the bullpen. I'm hoping this year that we're able to get more wins and sort of, you know, it, it would be kind of a storybook ending. I was actually talking to my friend about this. Now, picture this situation, okay? Yeah. It's Game 7 of the World Series. The top of the, It's a tied game. Top of the ninth game, uh, inning. Wainwright is throwing a sh- – uh, let's say it's tied. Wainwright throws uh, the final strike 
of the season. So they get the final out there in the top of the ninth. Bob, the ninth inning, Yachty gets on base, and then Albert Pujols gets a walk-off home run to win the World Series. That would be epic. Just to see Wainwright, Yachty, and Albert all be involved with like a final play within the last inning, and that would be like a storybook ending, right? Just to see Albert and Yachty. The only thing I'm concerned about is Albert, I don't think, is getting enough play time to get to that 700 mark. So I'd like to see him get some more games to get to that 700 home run mark. Um, yeah. So hopefully they do start playing him just a little bit more so he can get more at-bats and get a chance at least at it. I feel like they're not using him very much. It's cool that he's back, and I'm actually one of the fans that are happy about it. But I would like to see them actually use him more as a DH and go out there and get some more at-bats out there because he's gotten some hits he's gotten a couple of home runs but i just feel like we're underutilizing him for as big as a deal as it was to get him back or you know stick him at first base and give goldie a day off you know what an idea you know that's an idea that that would work um since he is naturally a first baseman he could still play first base yeah, you can have him do first base, and you can have him DH some days and kind of rotate that. Uh, I I like the idea of him getting, I don't know how many games, but I would like to see him get, like, at least play half the games of the year in order to get a chance at that 700 mark. I'm not, I'm not saying, like, he probably isn't going to even get close to the record, but 700 is still a high number, and he's a, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. You could just look. Same thing with Yachty. Like, somebody was saying Yachty doesn't have the numbers, but another guy said you can just look at Yachty and see that he's a Hall of Famer. You also have to look at, like, defensively and everything, and he is a kind of a clutch RBI hitter. So I think Yachty, you know, he may, even if the numbers aren't quite where they want him, I still think he should be considered just because of how he's ran an entire defense and, you know, helped the pitchers and everything. Exactly. And I, I have to imagine, right now, they're playing in St. Louis. I would have to imagine that it is stifling hot in that stadium. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that with how hot it was today. I looked at my phone, and with humidity, it was over 100 at one point, and I had went for a walk last night, and it had cooled down to like 80-something. But today, I went outside just for a few minutes to go get some things, and I went to wash my car, get a few items to the grocery store, and I didn't even want to get out of the car. Like, it was like, oh, my God, what is going on, Dad? <laughs> yeah, it's like, we're not supposed to get this until June. So why is it 90, like, it hit 93 here in Decatur, and it was, it smashed an old um, record. Really? Do you know what the previous record was? Uh, 90. And I bet with humidity, it was probably close to 100, if not a little bit above. Yeah. Um, that's what I work at, too, is the real feel. Like, sometimes if I'm going to be outside or if I have plans for outside, I'll look at the temperature. And there have been days where I want to walk, but I'll wait until like 7 p.m. when it's actually, like, 80 or lower. I don't like going out when it's, like, 95. <laughs> right. Nobody likes to go it. when it's 95 because... Like, who wants to sweat their ass off? Right, right. Swamp ass, a national swamp ass day. If you were out there for more than, like, 20 minutes, this would have been a bad day. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. 
Um, Shrek Flavor Holiday. Um, we just bought an air conditioner last week because they were saying, you know, it was going to be 80s and 90s all week this week. And so we were like, yeah, we better get an air conditioner. We put it in, and it, it's nice. It's a small air conditioner. It's not cooling the entire uh, downstairs. But, you know, the living room and the kitchen and the computer room, they're nice and cool. Oh, that's good. Um, you might be able to use a few tricks, uh, box fans or something if you can't. Like, okay, so I'm going to tell you what my – I lived with my great-grandparents in uh, high school. And I can remember this because – Grandma in her room had a window unit. We had a window unit living room. What we would do is the front room when you first came in, it was just like a – it was like a one of those doors with like glass. So what we do is wood and glass, like wood with – you know, you could see through it all. So we would shut that door into the front room because that room would get hot and we would just put a fan in there. And then what we would do is shut all the shades. And Grandma had – they didn't have – they had like a bathroom real door. And then the other doors were those, like, curtain slider divider things, you know, where you, like, pull them across and they shut the door, basically. So it wasn't, like, a traditional door. This was, like, an old school, like, um, it looked like a curtain. You had to pull, like, a, like it was made out of, I don't know what it was made out of, because you could slide it, and then you would slide it to close it. But what we would do is we would start the living room air conditioner, and then the room that divided the kitchen to her room bathroom that was right there we would keep that open and then the air would flow throughout the whole house but it was a small like shorter to where the ceilings weren't real high so we think that was like old school houses to keep heat and air in well the air probably wasn't even a luxury they had back then but for heat you didn't want like high ceilings so we didn't start you know with those houses it was one of those low ceiling houses. but that was the trick we had and then we also had a box fan in the um kitchen that would help. So whenever cooking was going on, it would kind of keep it cool. But we ran those units, uh, you know, throughout the summer. But I'm so glad that you were able to at least get something before the heat hit, because I'm sure you would be even more miserable uh, today if you didn't have that. Yeah. Um, I saw that my niece, she has like a bigger air conditioner, and she was willing to trade her air conditioner for a smaller air conditioner. And so I, um, I thought about it, but then I can't carry it with my situation. And my roommate probably can't carry it because of his back. So we decided to keep what we had. Um, and besides, you know, we don't know how big this air conditioner is and if it will fit in the window. So... This air conditioner that we've got now fits in the window perfectly. So, we're just going to go with a, a surefire situation right now. But, um, I feel sorry for, you know, people who are homeless, who have to endure this kind of, this kind of weather, you know, nonstop. And, like, in Lincoln, when I lived there, you had homeless people, but they were rarely seen. Um, here in Decatur, you can't go a block without somebody asking you for money, for food, or for whatever, because they're homeless. And they, 
they will stand outside of a restaurant, like a like at Wingstop, and they'll ask people who are coming in on a Wingstop for five bucks. You know, I've never lived in a place where, you know, the homeless they would just walk up to your door, to your car door, and ask you for money. I've never lived in a place like that, so it weirds me out a little bit, but. At the same time, I get it. Yeah, times are hard. I think with that, that's that's. I mean, that's sad to hear. Is yeah, having to endure uh, all weather conditions, the heat, um, the you know, the cold, that sort of stuff. That that's got to be awful. Because I know. Okay, we both know it. If you go walking and you get really hot, you're already miserable. Imagine being like that, though, for days on end, like just never getting the relief of, like, getting rid of your sweat. Like, that's got to be a whole new level of misery. And I do, I do feel for those people, and I do hope that, um, you know, that more people can get um, assistance for that. That That is awful. So, I, yeah, I've, I haven't really... I have, I have some friends, you know, in Decatur, um, and I've hung out with some, but... I didn't. I never realized the how dire the situation was there. Yeah, the homeless situation is out of control here in Decatur. That makes me, and it makes me feel bad to say this, but it makes me grateful for landing in the situation that we landed in with the house that we live in now. Yes. And I, I get what you're, I, I think, I know what you're getting at is that you're not, you still, you feel bad for them, but you're glad you're not in that situation. Right. And but you can kind of see it from both sides of the fence, how, you know, like, okay, this is an obvious problem, what do we do? And then, you know, you can't help but just feel for those people. Right. And with my roommate and I, we door dash for extra cash. Um... And some days we make a lot of money, and some days it's drier than the Sahara Desert, you know. Decatur yeah. is kind of bipolar when it comes to ordering food through uh, an app. Yeah, yeah. I think your advantage is that you're in a bigger town. Like, living in a smaller town, unless, you, you know, older people or people have trouble getting out if they have certain conditions they can't get out in the heat or the cold i understand that but like for me i'm in a smaller area so like i can drive but like i can understand if you live somewhere bigger or say you just can't got off work and you worked all day and you just want food so by the time you get home you have something there like i can understand using something like that my friends have used doordash before and never had a problem with it it's just um i myself a friend of mine used it because to go to this restaurant, you have to turn left, and it was the busiest part of the day, and there's there's no stop light, just a stop sign. So everyone's getting off work from rush hour. So he said to turn left. It might take 30 minutes just sitting at that sign waiting to be able to turn left. So that's why we decided to use that that day. So uh, I, that's one thing that annoys me, left turns a lot of traffic i will go right go around the block and find a different way i just hate going left especially if there's no stop light if it's a stop sign then you're just stuck especially in a big city like that i have never heard of anybody that hates to turn left until, yeah, you, until because, you just said that yeah i hate it because of like like not around here but like okay say if i were in a bigger city 
and there's four lanes of traffic, two on each side. You're trying to turn left, and there's a stop sign. I've had times where I've been on vacation, traveling somewhere new that I'm not familiar with, and I, you know, you're sitting there 10, 15 minutes because you just can't turn. Yeah. So that does annoy me. I mean, I don't mind driving. It's just that it stresses me out whenever you have all this traffic coming. You're like, okay, when can I go? When can I go? And then finally you can. And um, I don't know. It's just maybe it's something with me. I just I know one time I was turning left and I got waved to go ahead and someone from the other lane hit me. So it was my fault. So then that could be part. I'm just a lot. Oh. I'm just a lot more careful when turning left because that's what your high, higher chance of an accident. I would say is when I have to go across traffic to turn. Yeah, um, I get what you're saying, and then what kind of freaks me out a little bit is when you have to turn left, and so does the car um, that's in front of you, but they're turning the opposite way. You can't see if there's another car coming. So, oh, that'd be even worse. I didn't even think about that, man. Yeah. So you have to just cross your fingers when you turn left because, you know, you can't see. And if a car's coming, you better, you know, jet jet to your um, turn. You're right. I always like to wait for the car, other car to go. Yeah. Like you said, you can't see. If you're turning left and there's a car next to you, and they're all, and they're trying to turn the opposite way, you can't see from the lane. So a lot of times, turning right and I'm going left, I let them go first because I know they're probably going to open up quicker to go right than I am to go left. But yeah, it is stressful. Or what's this new trend I've been seeing? Can you explain this? This trend I've been seeing for I don't know more so in the last two to three years. Okay, you're behind somebody, right? Yes. And they are going to turn left. Instead of just turning left, what they do, they get on the other side of the road and then turn. They're trying to be nice to let you go, but that's dangerous because if there's a traffic, so like you'll have a you'll have the two lane road like a highway, and instead of like waiting for cars and then turning left, they will go into the wrong side of the road, sit there, and then turn left rather than just wait to turn all the way over at once. That's something I've been seeing a lot. Um. I've not seen that, but I'll tell you that I've done that a few times, um, and it's not on purpose. It's the um, like when I'm door dashing, you get a GPS and it's Google, and at the last minute they'll tell you turn left, and you're in the right lane, so you're making sure nobody's coming, and then you turn left from the wrong lane. Now I've done that a few times, but. I've never done that on purpose. Okay. I've noticed it a lot lately. Like someone will be in front of you. They'll be turning, say, into their driveway. So what they'll do is they'll get over to the other lane and then turn in. But I feel like that could be like if a cop saw you doing that, I feel like you could get in trouble doing that. So I don't do it. But I notice a lot. It doesn't bother me. But at the same time, I always wonder what if, especially say you were on the bottom of the hill and you were doing that. And then some you couldn't until someone starts coming up from the top of the hill you wouldn't know if there was anyone close and you have to kind of cut it close. I guess driving in general doesn't bother me, but certain areas, oh my God, going to St. Louis is always stressful because here's the thing. We're going to Missouri because you'll be going to Missouri and the speed limit will be 60 
Every, or 55, everyone's going 70. But then when the speed limit goes down to 35, everybody's going 20. So I will be getting past left around the interstate. But once I get into town and the speed limit is 35, I'm going right at 35 and I'm passing everybody up at that point because they're going 20. Huh. Interesting. That's something I notice when you get past St. Louis and you're kind of getting further into Missouri. Yeah. See, I don't so mind. I don't mind St. Louis traffic. Um, just like I don't really mind Chicago traffic. Um, I just recently got a new car, and I had to drive it from Worcester, Massachusetts, home, and oh, we had to stop through Chicago to pick up the other car, and um, I drove most of the way because. Um, I had my roommate with me. He doesn't like to drive in big cities. Um, so that's why if we ever go to like the Funny Bone in St. Louis or we have to go to O'Hare to pick somebody up, I'm usually the one driving because I don't mind the traffic. I'm patient. Um, but I will tell you a secret. Um, if you're going to um, a Cardinal game, do you ever park at Casino Queen in East St. Louis? I don't think so. Okay. Park at Casino Queen at St. in East St. Louis. There's a train that will take you from that spot all the way to... Um, all the way to the uh, um, ballpark, and it's only five dollars to ride the train. It's cheaper than parking. Wow. Um, I usually, uh, what I've done with some friends is we went to Collinsville and picked up the bus there, and it's like I think it was like five dollars for a round trip, and they drop you right off at the front of the stadium, and then the last bus leaves like two hours, I want to say, after the game. Oh wow! So I've done that before, but I've never done the. I've done the. Um, Oh, what's the name? What's that train above that goes like up high, kind of? What's um, the, the, the name for it? We we wrote it in high school. I don't know. It goes over the river. It's like a kind of like a bus, not or like a train, kind of like a train. But I don't know. Like that's a good advice, though. I might look into that because yeah, parking. A lot of these times, you can get a ticket cheaper than you can park. Yeah. That's just crazy to think. I could buy maybe bleacher seats for, say, 15, 20 bucks, and then parking is like 20 bucks. Right. Where you're going. And then by the time you pay for parking, you don't have any money for food or drinks or nothing. My my trick to that, if it's a night game, we, I will stop and eat before I get there and then I will I always bring I always have gum on me for chew, I like chew gum so I'll just buy like a water but if, if it's like a, you know since I only go there like once a year sometimes I buy food there but with how excessively high it usually is even if I did have the even if with the money to spend I don't feel like it's worth what they're offering so I'll just buy like a water or like a dip and dots thing and kind of go on um, because oh, yeah, wow. yeah they can get expensive going to those events and uh now yeah last last year i learned that bush stadium has gone cash free so they're not accepting cash as payment anymore okay so, that's good to know 
Yeah, so you have to bring a debit card or a credit card to buy things now. Because um, I was going to buy dinner for everybody. Um, I, I bought tickets for my uh, friend Roy, my roommate, who is a Cubs fan, um, and uh, my aunt, who is an obsessive Cardinals fan. Like, she yeah. has a bedroom. She has a bedroom dedicated to all the Cardinals garb that she's got. And so, anyway, I had a hundred bucks on me cash. And I was going to buy dinner for everybody. And my friend who um, came with, he's like, they, they don't accept cash here anymore. You have to buy it from, with a credit card and debit card. So he wound up buying dinner for everybody. So, I was grateful to him, but, yeah, I'm, I, I was glad to know the information, because now I know bring a debit card next time. I will let my friend know. We're going to be going uh, soon uh, to a game. We have, we have tickets for and everything. Okay, well, I was going to ask you a question, different topic here. Is there anybody, because I haven't been to a concert in forever, and is there anybody that, if they were to come to the area, who would you want to see that you have not seen yet? Is there anybody, or it could be a returning person, but is there anybody that you would like, if they showed up, you'd say, okay, yeah, I'm going to go get a ticket to see them? Uh, oh, man. Do I only have to pick one? No, no. You uh, okay, Let's say, let's say, um... Just let's just have fun. Let's just just name off some people that we'll we'll each do it. How about we do like uh, just just start naming off some people. You you can tell why if you want, but you don't have to. It just is there anybody that you would want to see? Uh, number one right now, and I'm gonna go see them later on this month. Brothers Osborne. Now, if you don't like country music, that's okay. I still encourage you to check them out. Because they're more southern rock than anything. But they are an extremely talented band. That what are they called? Brothers Osborne. Okay. Not to be confused with the Osborne Brothers. Right. Um, there are two brothers, John and TJ. And uh, they... Are, I mean, I've seen YouTube videos of them, and they rock out. Um, they're coming to Decatur here uh, later on this month, and I'm going to get tickets to go see them. But uh, I can't wait. Um, let's see. Some others... I'm only going to be realistic and name people that would come to this area. Um, well, it could be like St. Louis, too. Okay. Taylor Swift. Okay. Um, and I didn't... I started out not liking her. And not because of the whole, oh, she writes songs about her ex-boyfriends, blah, 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 blah. Everybody does that. Uh -huh. um, it was, she wasn't a good live act. She was very pitchy. 
in the beginning, but I think she's worked on that a lot, and now she sounds amazing live. So I wouldn't mind seeing her. Um, let's see. Uh, you start naming people because I'm blanking. Well, you know Ariana Grande is like one of the ones I'd want to see. Yes. Uh, Paramore, they're back together for that When We Were Young tour out in Vegas with like Avril Lavigne. And uh, I think Paramore I've seen twice. I'd see him again. Uh, Sophia Carson just came out with her first album uh, digitally on Spotify. So I listened to that, and I think though with her, she would perform in more of like a venue where you have like dinner, like a smaller place would kind of be her scene, I think, because she's still, she does like um, solo songs, but she finally did. Olivia Rodrigo, I actually, a funny story, I attempted to buy tickets. I was at work, and I was on break, and it said server error. So what I found out was... They had booked these buildings before her album blew up. So what happened was they had venues of four and 5,000 people, and they had twenty to 30,000 people all trying to buy tickets at the same time. That's why it was saying error. Oh, wow. She blew up. Um, Hailstorm I've seen. The one country person that sounds more rock, I think his name is like Barnes Courtney. Never heard of him. He rocks. But sometimes, even if it's a band that I don't really, sometimes a performance is better than the music. I saw, uh, I've seen a few bands where I didn't quite care for the music, but the performance was so cool with the visuals that you couldn't help but get into it still. Yeah. So I think for that reason, oh, Ed Sheeran. Okay. And then Mia, Camille Cabello, I think is how you say it, but she's, she's awesome. Okay. I've seen a lot of the rock people in the metal. I'm wanting to see more pop now because back when I was younger, I grew up on country and then I got into rock. But it seems like lately, pop has kind of been the biggest like success lately. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Like there's people that I would see, but um, Taylor Swift. The reason I actually liked. Her early stuff was her songs told a story, and, and some in her songs still do tell a story. That's one thing I will say is she's very good with telling you a story through the song. So I respect that. Would you see? You would see Carrie Underwood, right? Yeah, yeah, because that's one of your favorites, right? I would definitely what see about, Carrie Underwood. What about Adele? Because she just is such a vocal powerhouse. Would you go see her? If I could afford the tickets, yes. But okay. chances are I'm not going to be able to afford the tickets because she, I mean, her her nosebleed seats. Hang on a second. Oh, good song there. Okay. <laughs> My roommate's trying to call in. Anyway, um, but uh, Kelly Clarkson. Definitely. She's probably never going to tour again because of her new show. Well, it's not new anymore, but her show just, you know, got renewed. And it's going to take Ellen DeGeneres' slot now. So she's going to be the queen of daytime talk, uh, TV. 
Um, so that's out of the question. Although she's flirted around with the possibility of a Vegas residency. So, okay. So it sounds like there's a few people, but you know, there's always those surprises too. Whenever you listen to the radio, you hear someone, you go, they're awesome. You look them up and you find out, Hey, they're coming to St. Louis in two months. So stuff like that's always, there's always those wild card performers. Like if Joan Jett, I think she was recently around, but if, if Joan Jett came back just because she's so cool and what she did for, like, the music industry, I would definitely go see her, too, just because she's such a badass. Yeah. Ooh, Dolly Parton. I wouldn't blame you. I mean, not my kind of music, but she's very talented, and, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. But, anyway... We're going to wrap this up because i got to call my roommate back because he's supposed to be buying a wind tunnel for me. So i got to see if he bought it. But um, we want to thank you listeners for tuning in. We promise we will be a lot more regular from here on out. Um, we're right. going to try. We'll increase our fiber. <laughs> we're we're going to try to put out one episode a week. Um, and see how that goes. But anyway, check us out on our socials at um, the Billy and T Hat Show. And that's it. Any last words? Uh, thanks for coming back and sharing some time here. And I'm glad all the listeners are having fun. And we, we hope that you continue to have fun and enjoy the uh, podcast here. All right. We will talk to you later. Bye.